What's going on, guys? Energy 360 Network by Intercom. Excited to be bringing you this interview with CAC Special. These are topics that I personally know nothing about. So this is an awesome, awesome listen for me. Personally, before I do that, I need to do a couple of shameless plugs. First, 360 Digital Closing Bell on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. We are live every single day with the digital ticker show. You can also check out our bi-weekly podcast. It is the place to go for energy finance. We keep you updated on everything that happens on EFT Twitter, um, what's going on in the world of um, oil and gas. We do a great job of keeping update and we appreciate all the love we've got you can also find all the energy 360 network stuff on www.oilandgas360.com via the energy expert network you can also listen to all of the interviews that we have dropped both this interview cac specialties and every previous one on itunes and spotify we are getting all of this content in your favorite platforms and making it very easy to read we had an awesome month and we've had awesome interviews because we really are do a great job of choosing thought leaders throughout the industry and this interview with cat specialties is none the less the same thing. We interviewed Jason Horowitz and William Krupta who are with CAT Specialties. What these guys do is they focus on executive insurance, DOD insurance, and all of the stuff that really I had no idea existed. I mean, once you listen to the interview, I think you'll sort of understand, A, why this stuff exists, why it's needed, but it was also a great learning opportunity for someone like me who didn't know anything about this. And before I spoil too much, I'm going to turn it over to them and let you guys listen. Hey, we're excited to uh, visit with uh, CAC Specialty and just really looking forward to this uh, open dialogue during this uh, tough time that we're in in the oil and gas and, and everything else. So Jason, if you wouldn't mind just uh, letting us have a little bit of feedback on uh, CAC Specialty and let us know uh, about uh, what you guys got going on. Yeah, thanks Stu and Aaron, thanks for having us. So CAC Specialty is a specialty insurance broker. And by that, we mean um, we are not all things to all people. We only focus on the areas that we have an expertise in and we try to stay in our lanes. Um, one of those areas of expertise is Billionize Group, which um, we call the Special Situations Group. It's unique in the insurance world because we are restructuring professionals who focus on insurance solutions for distressed and bankrupt companies. Um, a large part of that being DNO insurance. And as you can imagine, given what's going on now, and what was going on pretty much since 2015, 16, and 17, we've been doing a lot of oil and gas deals. Um, my personal background is I was a bankruptcy attorney for eight years at Kirkland & Ellis and Perkins Coie, both in Chicago. And I was a bankruptcy consultant for six years before I joined this practice about five and a half years ago. Yeah, and I, as I mentioned, based out of the Denver office, um, I'm an attorney by background as well, but I've been in the DNO insurance industry since 2007. Um, the entirety of that time focused on directors and officers liability insurance and other executive liability products. And we started this group um, at a prior firm back in 2008, 2009 during the last uh, financial downturn. And so I've been focused on distressed and bankrupt companies over the entire period of that time. That's great. As, as we as we kind of dive into this market, certainly special situations, uh, special times for sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about this DNO side of the business and, and what does that mean? And what should oil and gas companies be thinking about on a DNO insurance uh, as they go through maybe a distressed or or into a, a different type of environment where they're having to have some tough discussions. What, what is DNO? Yeah, well, I think to start, you know, what they need to understand and what companies need to look at is, you know, 
first what's happened in the broader DNO insurance market. Um, so we had been in a very soft market cycle since about 2002, 2003. Um, insurers were generally giving back, you know, 10 to 15% premium decreases at renewals. Um, for the past few years, insurers have been, been expressing concerns about the profitability of their DNO insurance portfolios. Um, it started out with concerns around primary placements, but you know, that has crept up into excess. And so what we've seen, especially over the past nine months or so, is a significant hardening of the DNO market, where instead of the 10 to 15% decreases, on average, companies are getting you know, anywhere from 25 to 15% premium increases. Um, and that's absent any sort of year-over-year change in underwriting risk profile. So when you add in financial distress or the potential bank for a bankruptcy filing, um, that exacerbates the insurer's concern and it leads to a much more difficult placement. So as you think about those difficult placements, obviously CAC is well positioned. You, you work with a number of different entities to get these things placed. What are some of the key things that, that management teams need to be coming and talking to you guys about to give comfort on getting a, uh, a DNO policy in place? Yeah, what, the, first and foremost, they need to think about making sure that the program is sound. Um, one of the biggest mistakes we see companies make is they treat DNO insurance sort of like an off-the-shelf policy or sort of what I refer to as a check-the-box policy. So when they're in this distress situation, whether they're heading towards a transaction, either be in-court or out-court, they've got checklists and, you know, DNO is always on these checklists. And what we see way too often is companies say, okay, do we have DNO insurance? Check. Um, we need to get a tail. Check. Let's move on. And that, unfortunately, is going to put them in a really, really bad situation. DNO policies are not off-the-shelf policies like your auto policy may be. They're all drafted differently. Each carrier has their own form. Each of those forms is geared towards a healthy company, not a distressed one. So these company brokers are required to heavily manuscript or heavily amend these policies to shift the leverage from the insurance carrier to the insured company. If they don't do that, they're going to create gaps in coverage, which creates exposure for the directors and officers. And even if it's drafted really, really well, if the broker doesn't understand bankruptcy or the distress world, there could be distress specific or bankruptcy specific issues in these policies. So first and foremost, do a thorough review of the DNO policy. Um, if you've hired counsel, you should have them do it. And you also need to have a, a broker do it who, who understands bankruptcy because it's just, it's a different skill set they need from what their normal healthy company renewal was a couple years ago to what they're heading into right now. So I think that's a really important part. And I want to dive a little bit more into that. As you think about, you know, obviously this is more than checking the box, as you say, how does a good or well-crafted DNO policy or, or tailored solution help maybe make management make better decisions and ultimately think about better outcomes for their stakeholders if, if a good DNO policy is in place? Yeah, that's a good question. So the way I'd answer it is this, companies under normal circumstances usually have two lines of defense between a claim coming in, you know, a claim hitting their personal assets and them worrying about obviously their retirement, their kids' college education, house, whatever. And the first one is indemnity. So they get indemnified by the company. The second is the DNO policy. Um, you know, generally what happens is what we see is people don't really care about DNO insurance. They don't care about insurance until they need to care, right? They know they need to have it, so they get it. 
Um, and that's great when all's going well. When things start heading in this direction where we're in now and sort of the financial distress we're seeing in the oil and gas market, when you get to a certain level, it's generally insolvency. You're not going to have indemnity from the company. Um, you still have a claim for it, but that claim's technically worthless. So the only line of defense you have from your personal assets is the DNO insurance. So what we hear a lot of times is they call it sleep insurance, right? When we're heading towards this situation, directors and officers will get calls from people and say, hey, listen, we're heading towards a transaction. We need the sleep insurance. And that's sort of the, what they're referring to is a tail. And we can talk about that in a second. But what we always try to, to tell them is, yes, you need a tail, but we need to make sure the DNO policy itself is sound first before you put the tail on it, because otherwise you're throwing good money after bad. And to specifically answer your, answer your question, once they have that sleep insurance, which is not just a tail, but it's a sound DNO policy with then runoff coverage or a tail added to it, now, they're, now they can be very, have you know, the comfort that they are protected. They don't have to worry about their personal assets. They don't have to worry about a lawsuit comes in. It's gonna focus them on what they need to do as opposed to having them focused have their attention focused elsewhere, which is, oh my gosh, I've been sued. What's going to happen now? Um, what these guys find out very quickly is when they bring in restructuring professionals, they have, they are giving so many different tasks and assignments and work above and beyond what their normal day-to-day -day job is that it's, it's all consuming. Like the amount of work these C-suite people are doing, preparing for a restructuring, whether it be in-court or out-court is daunting. And then that's just on top of what they're doing in their normal circuit, their normal day to day. So professionals need them to focus on getting the restructuring and the work they need to do. They can't be distracted. And if they don't have good DNO insurance, they don't have that sleep insurance, um, they're going to be distracted. And that's going to ultimately affect the restructuring. And then one more point I'll make is if they don't have anything, and we've seen this way too often than we should, where it's just the company ends up not having DNO insurance or losing it or has very bad DNO insurance and stuff isn't covered you see management and the board resign in certain circumstances, and that's not good for anybody. Right, and, and we've certainly see it on our investor relations practice as we're going through and doing a lot of this work. Uh, there certainly is a lot thrown at these management teams, and, and I, I gave a talk this morning for another group where we believe, and, and we've seen it time and time again, that great leadership is really where these companies are going to find themselves out into the next uh, iteration of whatever these companies look like for the next 30 years. And so we want leaders to be good leaders and good leaders need to be protected so that they can do their job. And uh, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. As we think about some of the things that you were just talking about, it, timing obviously came, comes up as, as a key issue. Certainly we think companies should be well insured and management teams should be insured in good times, but you, you talked a little bit about maybe they're underinsured going into a situation. When should a company be thinking about this? And, and when is it too late? Is it ever too late? Uh, give us a little bit of idea on, on timing as we think about these, these issues. Yeah, I think ideally companies are, you know, giving a lot of consideration to the limits and structure of their DNO insurance program, you know, during blue sky periods. Um, that's when it's easier to add limits it's easier when, um, when things are good to broaden the scope of coverage being provided. Um, but we understand that that's not always the case. Um, you know, to Jason's point, a lot of times, you know, companies are coming to us on the eve of a bankruptcy filing or a financial distress um, situation based on 
you know, the concerns that they have with their current limits or structure. Um, we can absolutely work with insurance carriers to increase limits, you know, even leading up to a filing. Um, it's expensive to do so. And a lot of it comes down to risk differentiation. So what we spend a lot of our time doing and what our practice is very successful with is educating underwriters and insurance carriers that every restructuring is not the same. Um, there are different restructuring paths that lead to um, very different levels of DNO risk exposure. And that's also where the professionals that are engaged by the company can be very helpful um, to involve, those, involve them in those discussions. Um, the underwriters appreciate that access, but I would say that it's never too late. Ideally, you're doing it in best times, but you know, we do get calls 24, 48 hours before a bankruptcy filing, and we're still able to come in and be of assistance. And how about like once a company even goes into bankruptcy, can, can DNO be written at that point too? It, it can. Um, and so, you know, our, our recommendation is that a company, if they're looking at a bankruptcy filing, that they negotiate and pay for the tail prior to the filing. Um, the benefit is at that point, they have full control over their finances. Um, once you file, there's additional requirements for approvals in the bankruptcy court. There's the potential for creditors or some other constituents to raise concerns with the premium payment for the runoff policy. So ideally you would do it prior to the filing, but we understand again that that's not always possible. And so if a company is in bankruptcy um, and is looking to either increase their limits or negotiate and structure the tail at that time, they absolutely can do so. Um, they just need to understand that it may you know, be a little bit more of an involved process in terms of getting the court approval to make those payments. Just a few more stakeholders in, in the pot there. Exactly. So we've talked about this tail a couple of times. I, can you guys dive a little bit more into what that actually is and, and what, what that means? Sure. So DNO insurance is written on what's called a claims made and reported policy meaning that the policy that is in place at the time the claim is received by the company or the insured persons is the policy that responds, even if the alleged activity in the complaint pre predated the inception date of the policy. And so when you think about statute of limitations risk, you need to make sure that you have a program in place throughout the entirety of that statute of limitations period so that if a claim does come in, you have the ability to notice it to the insurance program. Um, rather than continuing to renew coverage for six years or longer after a change of control events that could be emergence from bankruptcy or the consummation of an M&A transaction if it's an out-of-court restructuring, um, what you can do is you can pre-negotiate that extended reporting period. So that's tail or runoff. Those are all synonymous terms, which again allows the individuals in the company to know that if a claim comes in at any point during the statute of limitations, they have a program to which they can notice that claim. So you mentioned an, an interesting point, and I'll throw one out to you guys. Uh, as the experts, obviously, these change of control uh, situations, many times, you know, one team goes into bankruptcy and it's got one set of board, and then you come out and you have a, a different management team or, or certainly a different board. What should, you know, new, new folks coming into this entity think about from a DNO insurance policy and, and is that is that an opportunity to change things or or are they protected by the existing policy 
Yeah, they're they're going to normally under normal circumstances, uh, new officers and directors are going to be covered automatically under the policy. There are certain circumstances where we get brought in where we're literally just putting together a policy just for call it the independent directors or the you know inner management. In those specific circumstances, you need to be careful because the policy is written specifically for those two, three, four individuals. Um, so at that point, you may need to include them. But under a normal policy, um, new directors and officers, once they get appointed, they're automatically going to be included. And this is something we see quite a bit um, in, in calls we get uh, questioned quite a bit is when new people come on board, we've got uh, a lot of contacts who are independent directors and in, in, you know, come on these boards quite a bit or serve as inner management roles. Anytime those guys are coming in new, they should take a look at the program. And we do that for a lot of our, our, our contacts just to make sure they understand what they're stepping into. The policy is either good or it's, it's got some issues and here's how we could potentially help. Um, so they, they're walking in with their eyes open. Um, generally, it's not gonna you know, affect whether they take on the engagement or not. At least they know what they're stepping into. And if, if it's bad enough, they may not take the engagement. Well, that, that's really helpful. So I'll, I'll leave it, I'll throw it back to you guys one more time. If there's one thing to be thinking about from a DNO and, and uh, protection aspect, what would you think that, that people need to keep top of mind? You know, I, I would think of it from, the word that comes back to, to me is expertise. Um, the, these guys, you know, they've gone through a lot over the last, call it four or five years in the oil and gas industry. It's been distressed for quite a bit of time. So they may be used to it, but um, going through a DNO health, a renewal for a healthy company is a completely different skill set than going through one in a distressed situation, throw in the fact that it looks like the price of oil right today is $12.55. You're going through a pandemic. You're going through a, um, a very volatile DNO market, as Billy talked about earlier. It's just a, and then you throw on top of it, you may be preparing for a bankruptcy or some sort of other out of court transaction, and you need to put your program together to have it appropriate for that situation. It's just a completely different skill set. So, the, the way the way I what I equate it to is when you're financially distressed, you're hiring bankruptcy lawyers to take you through it. You're not hiring using your divorce lawyer. Um, use the appropriate professional for what you need. And in most circumstances, what we're seeing right now is the companies that are sticking with their current brokers are not getting a solution or getting an acceptable solution because they just don't know what they're doing in this environment. Um, that's where we come in. I, Billy had mentioned earlier how to get us involved. Um, it's the same answer you get from any professional, and that is the earlier the better because the more time we have, the better deal we can get. But more than 50% of our deals right now, Billy, correct me if I'm wrong, are of the variety we get a call from someone that says, hey, I tried to get you involved a month and a half ago. They wanted to stick with their broker. We are now a week from renewal or two weeks from a filing and we're nowhere. Can you jump in and help? So, and we, and we, we can still. So to, to, you know, the short answer to your question is, is expertise. Use, you know, we get that everyone likes their broker or most people like their broker and their broker may be great in sort of very healthy situations make sure they are capable of handling the renewal or the tail process you're about to go through. And if they're not, you should look for someone who does this all the time. That's, that's us. Billy, anything to jump in there? Yeah. And I would say, you know, just don't treat DNO insurance as a check the box item. Um, there, there's a very broad spectrum of breadth of coverage that we see in these policies. 
everything from having a bankruptcy or creditor exclusion on the worst end to you know a, a policy that should be expected to respond. But without having that review and understanding the actual scope of coverage, um, the fact that you have 10 million or 20 million dollars of insurance may may or may not actually be um, something that you can have comfort that it will actually work if you are named in a in a DNO claim. Wow! Thank you very much, and and I appreciate the the time that you've given us uh, as we think about the work that we do with clients. Uh, and it's so important to, to align yourself with folks and advisors that can, can help you get something done. And certainly it sounds like you guys are, are moving right down that path. So thank you for joining us, Stu. I'll send it back to you. Hey, sounds great, guys. What great discussion. Uh, we really appreciate that. And it's amazing. Uh, people are going to need uh, you guys. And, you know, it's this is, we're in some tough times and your insight is very valuable. So we really appreciate CAC and uh, thank you for your time. All of your contact information will be in the uh, interview notes. So thanks again, guys. Thanks yeah, for thank you us. for having us.